This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com and your host. We are back to mourn the passing of the 10am World Cup kickoffs. This is recorded on the last day that we, uh, it was a humdinger actually, the 3-3 between uh, Cameroon and Serbia. But joining me to uh, catch up on uh, the latest uh, Villa shenanigans, but also have a look at where the Villa boys are in Qatar stand after the two rounds of games so far. Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw, welcome. Hello. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Not too bad. As I, as I said, the uh, the four games in a day is over. I can get on with my life again. <laughs> we can go back to having a line. Uh, well, no, that's, uh, I, those 10, 10 a.m. games kept me in bed, actually, just because there's a fuck-off big TV on the end of my bed, <laughs> <laughs> which I never watch or never use ever. It's, it's mainly there for storage, but comes in useful for the World Cup. Oh, good. But those days are over. We're now uh, approaching the business end. Yeah. After the last round of games where you have, obviously, two games at the same time, then it's second round it reverts to three games a day. So still a fest, festival of uh, foosball. But uh, coming up in the show, we will uh, look at what's been happening uh, back in Blighty as uh, Aston Villa are back in training, preparing for the second coming of the 22-23 season. Hopefully uh, a lot better than the first. Uh, coming. We will uh, also uh, catch up with the, what's happening with the Villa players uh, over in uh, Qatar and see how they're placed to uh, continue their stay there. We'll also have the Media Muppets, Emery's clipboard, and some reasons to be cheerful if we can think of any uh, when we get to that section of the show. Right, uh, shall we discuss whether Ronaldo actually got a touch on that Bruno Fernando's cross that went in oh, or whether it was whether Portugal should have had a penalty there or should we talk about the Villa news Villa news yeah I'm over giving Ronaldo even yeah. more press did he fuck touch it he didn't did he he didn't fucking touch that the, annou- the, the stadium announcer knew what, what time it was but FIFA suddenly mysteriously came in and said no no it's Ronaldo's goal it's like the Illuminati isn't it right time for some Villa news Right, coming up in the World Cup, it's Cash versus Martinez time. Deathmatch World Cup style. Who's your money on? It's got to be Martinez, isn't it, to be honest? Well, well even if the Poland bring on Bednarak, Rednarok. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the secret weapon. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be good for Martinez if that was the case, wouldn't you? Be funny. Cash has been good. Cash has been very good for Poland. 
He's probably been one of the best players in the team. I think a 30-yard cash volley crashing in, in off the bar, whistling past Martinez. The only think, shot of the game he has to face. That is the way uh, Argentina should uh, bow out of the tournament, if you ask me. You mean, you mean, a, cash, <laughs> you mean a cash cross in off the bar? From oh, yards? <laughs> at the near post. <laughs> anyway, we will uh, we'll discuss that uh, later on in the show. Also, we'll discuss uh, Dendonka, who was dropped uh, for Belgium's second game, and they lost. You play him, you win. You drop him, you lose. Simple donk, big daddy equation there, really. <laughs> Simple donk equation. <laughs> <laughs> if in doubt, get the donk out. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about that. Uh, uh, what else have we got? Oh, we have the FA Cup draw. I'll just check with you guys. It's Stevenage is not another way of pronouncing Manchester United, is it? <laughs> it's Greater Manchester. <laughs> yeah, is it Greater Manchester in disguise? A home tie versus uh, League Two team, but they're actually uh, doing all right this season. They aren't are they? doing pretty well. They're uh, what are they second at the moment? Yeah, yeah. So cup upset incoming. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't lost to a lower division side for a few years. Throwback. I went to that freezing cold Villa Park game against Peterborough, the one we lost three one embarrassing it was only a few years ago as well I remember Sheffield United and Millwall and you name it I went with my uh, sister and her chappy who had Is two with the Ukrainian kids yeah two Ukrainian kids over who uh, it's, it's like a trip where uh, a bunch of Ukrainian kids come over it's basically to boost their immune system because because they were born near Chernobyl they have a weaker immune system but even like two weeks three weeks away and you know somewhere like in like the UK apparently boosts your uh, immune system and, and you know substantially helps them so uh, unfortunately on that so you took them to Villa Park <laughs> <laughs> so they were doing well and oh yeah my immune system feels great the little kids were saying yep yeah, this has been a great trip penultimate day managed to get them in at Villa Park little tour around the pitch in the back they got <laughs> first of all they met Steve Bruce that depleted their immune system by 50% <laughs> and then they got to watch uh, Villa versus Peterborough in the freezing cold horrible game lost 3-1 it was cold that day, wasn't it? and that depleted horrible their immune shit pitch that depleted their immune system by a further 75%. So, And then uh, war breaks out a few years later. So uh, that game cursed everybody. Terrible. But hopefully, you know, we can get a, a reasonably cushy draw this time around. We're probably due one, aren't we? What do you mean? Draw, draw and then go to their ground? <laughs> <laughs> I meant in the round after. Get through this one and get oh, another home. Right, That's yeah. looking ahead. That's looking ahead. Yeah, they don't look that far ahead. We're just, we're just bringing up the ghosts of Peterborough. It's weird because there's, there's, there's obviously there's Chelsea play Man City, Everton play United, and there's a couple of other all Premier League ones, but there's a lot of games where you look down at it and go, meh. Just a lot of very underwhelming ties. To be honest, I haven't even looked at the draw. All I knew was Manchester City-Chelsea, which I thought, oh, good, that gets rid of one of them. I mean, even the non-league teams who got through, they were sort of, they got drawn against, I think it was like Accrington Stanley or something. They're like, oh, for fuck's sake, we could have had a payday. Anyway, let's move on to what could be the FA Cup final, uh, Aston Villa versus Chelsea, which will play out in uh, Abu Dhabi on the, is it 11th of December? Yeah. God knows what cup it is. Uh, they come up with a, one of, you know, a name for uh, these friendly matches and then they obviously hopefully dish out a giant 10-foot statue. Like that one we won trophy. at Burton that looked like the Stanley Cup that no one could lift. Yeah, so exactly. big. But uh, so that'll be uh, 
a good level of opposition to uh, get back into the groove. Obviously, we played Cardiff uh, in a day or two when you uh, at the time you're listening to this podcast. So we'll be very much uh, up and running. And then Villarreal, of course. And who knows, maybe another game uh, or two in that space. But uh, it'll feel like a more measured and steady pre-season uh, than actual the real pre-season, won't it? Because they always, yep. last few mm. years, they've always felt, well, last five or six years have felt a bit rushed in terms of getting players in and then you get players in that last minute they don't really get time to bed down but this feels like how pre-season should be good steady amount of games some warm weather training and uh, no change of personnel or last minute uh, inclusions and uh, we'll see what happens when you know when we have proper preparation because there's not many teams who have uh, we've got four and it's like is there three teams with three players away at the world cup and then another one with two and i think that's it yeah 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 we're certainly in the lower kind of in the relegation zone should we say of teams with players away and of which it's likely we're going to have a few back relatively soon <laughs> well yeah. I, well i'm just saying it's it's a it's a positive it's a big positive yeah, it's good for us it means you can really do your your sort of heavy lifting if you want to call it that or say some real groundwork that's what tactic, i've been that's tactic. what i've what i've been saying over the last minute if you were listening you are <laughs> <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, uh, the Villa women are on a bit of a run at the moment. So they are again. So is Daly. Four games now they've won on the trot uh, when they beat Durham 1-0 in a bit of a cagey uh, Conti Cup. I have to watch my pronunciation on that. Conti Cup uh, match, uh, Rachel Daly scored again in a well-worked goal. That, that, that it was, was. A, it was a great goal, that. Good example yeah. of what we were watching, uh, Bud, when we went to actually see them against Reading uh, the other week. Yep. Very yeah, tidy yeah. in their uh, football. Meanwhile, uh, I think this is always one of the biggest myths where I've mentioned it before on the show, where everybody uh, likes to tug off the, the assistant managers when they don't like the uh, main man. They always say, uh, oh, it's all the assistant managers work. As in Craig Shakespeare and Nigel Pearson and yeah. in the latest incarnation, Stephen Gerrard and uh, Mr. Beale. Have we got the quotes of how virtuous this guy was? He said he was all in. At QPR, and and he it's wouldn't all be about the, loyalty. Yeah, and he wouldn't be the first one to jump ship. Like splash. He said something about yeah, all about loyalty, and use that as an excuse when the wolves came knocking. But I think he was tempted for that job. He would have, uh, he'd have guys. Oh, God, it's a bit early. I'd, I'd get pelters for this. But then Rangers come along, and uh, maybe he was playing the long game at Rangers. He was probably sitting there on the. But ah, oh, for fuck's sake, if I can just get rid of this Gerard. <laughs> and uh, he had to go to QPR via Villa and then back. Uh, but he's he's done it in quite a short space of time, within like a year, hasn't he? If that was his objective to get the top spot, get rid of Gerard, then mission accomplished. Yeah, he's t- taken out his boss in the space of a year. That's <laughs> you think he's a city boy? Well, good luck to him. Uh, yeah, I think he might have tarnished his name a little bit uh, coming back to uh, English football. Because supporters will smell him from a mile off when he if he rocks up at their team. A little bit, but I think he did have a lot of credit in the bank with the Rangers fans because it was sort of you know, regarded that he was the brains behind the operation and that unbeaten team. So I think they'll be hoping that he just the repeat repeat of it. But well, if I don't care about Rangers. So, I mean, QPR Rangers fans they're thinking, well, this guy's a cunt. Uh, uh, yep. he, he belongs in the Conti Cup. Well, fair yeah. enough. Uh-huh. And don't forget, there was certain there was Villa fans online like touting him for the Villa job as well. Yeah. Whenever I mean, are, are they serious? I mean, did they not did they not witness the, the first half of twenty twenty two when he was very much at Villa and how bad it was? Yeah. No. Exactly. And uh, 
QPR had lost their last what four out of the last five games, so it's not as if he yeah, was they had a bit uh, of a wobble, aren't they? not as if he was uh, exactly the second coming, was he? Uh, speaking of second comings, it's now time for Media Muppets. <laughs> Right, Phil, what's in the media Muppet trough this week? Well, we're going to change it about a bit because I think we've seen it all. We know the playbook in media Muppets, so we're, we're going to play a bit of a game. I'll, I'll give you the headline and, and you tell me the story. Inspiration from last week's uh, episode. Because, like we said, we, we know the playbook. We've seen all these stories before, but here's the headline and we'll see if you can guess any part of it. So, Pundit predicts Aston Villa disaster if Unai Emery makes big call. This is like, have I got news for you, is it not? It is. Yeah, the floor, the floor is open. <laughs> Suggestions welcome. I mean, you'll, you'll, I, I don't even think you'll guess the pundit because that's, that's as loose a term for pundit as I can hear. I need, I need like a team of like two around me to kind of, con- I, can, <laughs> I suppose I can consult with uh, Mr. Bird. Predicts Villa disaster. I think the key word here is disaster. What do you think? What's the big call, Chris? What's the big call? Yeah. Pundit predicts Aston Villa disaster if Unai Emery makes big call. What is the big call? Ketchup or no ketchup in the training ground? That's probably more valid, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, disaster in the Villa Canteen. This is a Birmingham Mail story about a disaster in the Villa Canteen if Uno Emery what, gets rid of ketchup again or reinstates it officially. I think, yeah, I think that's the story. I don't know who the pundit is. Probably Gabby, because he knows a thing or two about eating. <laughs> and he's predicting that it could be a potential disaster i.e. U-turn in form if Emery actually makes the big call and brings back ketchup after Gerard got rid of it. I think that's where the story is heading. I mean, if you're Bubakar Kamara and, and ketchup's back on the agenda, you're out of the door, aren't you, in January? Pretty much, yeah. And, and <laughs> potential relegation. I mean, that was the only thing keeping Villa up this season was uh, Gerard outlawing ketchup because he also outlawed any decent tactics as well. So uh, he was hoping the uh, having a leaner team would, would keep them up. So what's the real story? Uh, well, you, you managed to get every bit of it wrong. So, but I, I think <laughs> Oh, no. For, Surely not. Of, only, only wrong in your eyes. Yes. No. Well, first of all, you, you think it was the Birmingham Mail's own brains that come up with us? No, they, they just poached it from Football Insider. So there's oh, part, part no. Standing. Thou yeah, shall the, not read the uh, Football Insider. That is the John 3.16 gospel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, of course, the, the pundit who you were never going to guess, it's uh, Kevin Campbell, ex-Everton and Arsenal's Kevin Campbell. And of course, the, the main bit of the story, what the recipe for disaster is, he goes, the recipe for disaster is not playing Coutinho. So that's what he's going. He goes, if if he's not oh. playing and he's not in the plans of Emery, then he's not an asset and Emery will be looking for a way to cash in and get the big wage off the books. He says, if he's a high earner and he's not going to play, it could be a recipe for disaster. So there we go. Mm, I mean, it's not that Muppety. Well, yeah. <laughs> in the Muppety spectrum, it's kind of like, oh, do you want Coutinho sat in the reserves on 100 and something grand a week? Not really. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather I fucking ketchup. Put it that way. Yeah, I think I think there's more validity to the ketchup story there, <laughs> for sure. Right. So anything in media nuggets before we move on? Yes, just quickly. You'd have noticed everyone praising the Japan fans for cleaning the stadium up after the game and the players. Uh, 
Yeah, and yeah. the players. But there's a couple of quotes of you found that one fan told Al Jazeera the reason for it: our heart is clean, so the stands must be clean. This means the team reaches its destiny. But the bit I liked was um, the bags that they use, the blue bags for the same color as the Japan kit. They sort of like they inflate them during the match and use them to sort of like wave about the display. So it turns the whole sort of Japan end into a big yeah. sign of bl- blue. So that's what they say. So when our team succeeds, we can paint the area blue to tidy and clean. When we leave, as a manifestation of our culture, so. It's good to see. It's nice. No, it's, uh, then you compare it to, uh, I don't know, back home at Box Park and people throwing beer. When I lived in London, uh, I forgot which World Cup it was, but you know, you used to go out to uh, public places where they'd put it on, like, I don't know. Uh, there used to be so many like open-air events, whether it's Trafalgar Square for when mm-hmm. England played Brazil, I think it's 2002, quarterfinals or, uh, you know, in diff- different public places in london and i don't remember a culture of throwing beer around and wasting drinks and shit it was like just good atmosphere that's why you'd go but i wouldn't go to any of these shitty parts everybody's like wearing those fucking ponchos aren't they yeah they're handing yeah. out ponchos because they're ex- expecting it it's it's, it's it's a thing it's like they, they, you know the expense of beer nowadays you know i'm not throwing up in the air nonsense should take a, a leaf out of our japanese friends i mean you know full respect they, they give it 90 minutes all through the game as well yeah, well, it's a, it's an entire country and culture built on respect. Yeah, right. That's where this podcast will be recorded from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a spotless studio! In, no, in the new year, we're off. We're, we're re- relocating into the to the land of the rising sun and the rising yeah. respect. Right, onto the three points. Apparently, uh, as we're recording this, the Juve board has just resigned. But uh, maybe they knew they weren't they they weren't going to get their Super League. Surely not more match fixing and corruption. Mm. Anyway, point number one, speaking of uh, the good respectful uh, Japanese fans and crowd, uh, meanwhile in China, the uh, TV stations are censoring out uh, maskless crowd footage in World Cup broadcasts. Chinese uh, TV is now replacing live crowd shots during games and instead cutting to close-ups of players and coaches and probably the odd fan in the uh, stadium that's got a mask on. The shots of uh, maskless fans have caused public anger in China against the backdrop of zero tolerance COVID rules in China. There's lots of protests on the streets now, isn't there? And, uh, yeah, really and, lively as well. And they're holding up blank paper, which is like basically a protest of uh, censorship against mm-hmm. them. Right, so point number two, is this has come in now, is it? Professional footballers in Scotland have been banned from heading the ball in training the day before and the day after a game. New guidelines introduced after consultation. Is this like mid-season they've done this? Yeah. Introduced after consultation with the 50 clubs across the professional men's and women's league game in Scotland after Glasgow University research that showed former players were three and a half times more likely to die from brain disease there's also uh research into alzheimer's as well on a separate issue which uh is it jeff astle? Jeff, jeff astle from the yeah, baggies, jeff yeah. astle uh, his family have been driving that quite hard for a long time they have a charity uh, set up i mean i remember they've approached me uh, in the past regarding raising awareness on that i mean this the, the game of football is up for a lot of potential change mm. From time wasting, and this is you know we've seen it in in, in the World Cup, the uh, added minutes, which is uh, I mean as we said in the last show, uh, it's basically saying we've all been conned the last few years, especially through the amount of actual football we get to see. The prices are going up. The football seems to be getting less and less because there's more substitutions, there's VAR, there's more time wasting. So the actual uh, ball in play 
the time we see that it's disintegrating. This is you can see they're banning uh, heading the day before and the day after. It's like uh, we can't actually take it out of the game, can we? No, you couldn't, could you? Or else no, you, you, you basically change the whole different. game. Yeah, you, you'd be turning it into futsal or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Point number three. Apparently, Canelo, the boxer is on the hunt for Messi. Ooh. Well, according to ITV's commentary, all Messi does is stand still, so he'll be easy to catch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This came out when uh, there was footage of uh, Messi using a uh, a Mexican flag and shirt to clean the floor with. Well, apparently. Apparently, yeah. I haven't seen this footage, so uh, all I've seen is an insert of somebody's random boot hovering above a Mexican shirt on a dirty floor. Yeah, what's well, Messi's boots? There's gold on them, unless somebody else took his, put his boots on. It could be being framed here, <laughs> so Alvarez uh, gives him a good pummeling. But uh, anyway, Alvarez put a uh, tweet out, the multi-world uh, champion. At, uh, I've lost count of how many weight divisions, but uh, he put out a tweet saying, Saw Messi cleaning the floor without jer- with our jersey and flag. He should ask God that I don't find him. Right, uh, before we carry on, I just want to give a big shout out to the My Man Said members. This is uh, the reason why we're actually doing this show, actually, because uh, we are a supporter-backed, funded show, an entity. So we we turn up for our listeners. And uh, a big shout out to all our listeners that are My Man Said members. Uh, when they're My Man Said members, you actually get ad-free versions of the show, extra shows, and also exclusive membership of Match Club R24-7. Inner Circle. Uh, big thanks uh, in the last couple of days to uh, Ashley Johnson for joining up as a member. Also, you can join annually, annually and get 10% off, which is just over a month free. Please do go to uh, com to uh, click on the members link on the menu bar to get more details or uh, check out the link tree on either Facebook or Twitter in the bio. And that will also uh, get you... Uh, to where you want to be if you want to uh, join us or if you just want more details. Thank you very much. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, we're just going to discuss our villains in Qatar. And uh, let's start with Den Donker first, just to get it out of the way. Shocking ben- Belgium team. This is like... Uh, so they, they look finished, don't they, considering this is... Th- yeah. number two in the world on the rankings. Yeah, I told you what I, I, have thought, been. I, mean, told you what I thought about those rankings in you the did. previous and, show. Um, but this is like a team on the way to the glue factory. It's yeah. like... Uh, they look like they can't be asked. I can't believe Ben Terry didn't get in the squad. I don't know whether he's injured or not, but he would have done better up front than Batshuayi and some of the rest of them. Yeah, although I do like... Uh, his nail varnish, I must admit, <laughs> if you, if you uh, haven't spotted it, multicolors, gold, black, oh. but it's very very fancy. But yeah, he he doesn't look like a proper striker, does he? Uh, ben Teke, I mean, he just he's just squandered his career, hasn't he? Big yeah. time since he left the Villa, basically. Because for my money, when he was at Villa, he was better than Lukaku. I mean, Lukaku. Oh yeah, definitely. Lukaku's like a steam train and and got better, but and it, but he was always power with Lukaku and pace. But Benteke was more of an all round player. He was uh, in pole position for their for the World Cup or the Euros, whatever year it was. But then he got injured, and Lukaku from that day on became 
pretty much their number one striker. Ben Teke should have been on the world stage, top man, World Cups. So anyway, it's a real shame. So anyway, that's his problem. But uh, but yeah, this Belgium team. I mean, it's a perfect case that Morocco and Belgium team between a team that's got loads of great individuals that Smoke's always blown up their arse and you know they've obviously achieved a lot and done well against a team that is playing with spirit it's almost like playing with like that kind of religious belief uh, literally religious belief that you know God is on their side and uh, as a team they will overcome and and they're playing for their nation you know they've got a great crowd there as well uh, loads of Moroccans uh, got over to Qatar obviously the flight's not too bad it's like four hours five hours yeah not but too bad. it's just a just the difference of a team that has complete desire versus one that just reckons they can just turn up and I wonder with them there's obviously it's a, slight, it's a very aging team it's, it's definitely a side that's come to the end of, end of its uh, cycle and I don't think unlike some of the, the bigger con- countries in terms of land mass I don't see Belgium having that conveyor belt of absolute superstars that other countries but have had still you look at the goalkeeper look at De Bruyne you know, even Hazard, uh, while he's not probably uh, as good as he was, I don't know, three years ago, he's still, you know, top player. You know, they've got Trissard. I mean, they've, they've still got a great team. Yeah. I mean, age, I think that's kind of a lazy uh, assumption. I think this is there's definitely a one last radio in this team if they were up for it. And I don't know what it is. It's uh, I don't I don't know if it's a national psyche that Belgium don't think they are like at the level of France, Italy, Germany come with it and Spain come with a bit of swagger just from being a big European, you know, football elite. I don't know if Belgium psychologically isn't up for it. They're just, there's, they never seem to be intense, do they? They never no. step it up a gear. They're always playing at that one pace. Sometimes, you know, it's good enough. The rest of the time, yeah, it's look not. At, look in the Euros when Wales became that team with desire and spirit, and Belgium just couldn't reach that. I mean, if you compare them with Croatia, I mean, in the same group, I mean, Croatia, you'd say some of them are aging, but they, they still know what they're doing. I mean, Modric is just. Modric looks a bit ageless in that team. I mean, yeah, they could it be the manager? Mm, could be Martin. You wouldn't say Martinez is an elite level manager to deal with those players. There was a time when uh, he was the bright young thing, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, and he went to Everton. Villa are always sniffing around for him. And I think we were close. It just didn't, just didn't happen. And it never happens. But we'll see what happens, uh, Phil, when uh, Croatia do play Belgium because that'll be the decider. I don't know yeah. if Dendonka. I mean, Canada should have run through Belgium they were just yeah. bad finishing and it ultimately cost them but they certainly uh, outplayed Belgium yeah but then Croatia put them to the sword just too much know-how yeah do you think Croatia will uh, get that one over the line against Belgium I think Croatia they've, they might shit house that for a draw actually yeah and that would be enough to knock Belgium out because unless uh, Canada go crazy against Morocco but, but the thing is that I don't trust Teams like you know, for example, Morocco, they could beat anybody and then get beat by anybody. This is and this mm-hmm. is this is playing out like Japan. How can you go? Oh, from, yeah. How can you go from beating Germany and then play Costa Rica and get beat? It's they're, they're really fucked up on that group because uh, they could have done the done, done the damage there. Like I thought, I thought Germany were going to be the high profile casualty, and I just look at that table and think. They're going I through. See, I can I can see Germany sneaking through this one though. I think they were going through even if they lost if they lost against Spain. Probably on goal difference. Yeah, because I think they would have battered uh, Costa Rica. Japan would get beat by Spain, and uh, that would be it. But but yeah, Costa Rica. 
after being beat 7-0 as well, to turn that around and beat Japan, who just beat Germany, is, is, is a great result. That's probably the <laughs> yeah. res- one of the results of the tournament. It's kind of been, it, it feels strange as a tournament. It feels a bit feast, feast or famine, doesn't it? Where you either get a really good game and loads of goals or turgid and rubbish. There's not been too many that have been in the middle. Well, when Portugal play, it's always in the middle. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the shed house. But, uh, I mean, Dendonk, uh, I don't think he, may, he, he is a, a player that makes a massive difference for Belgium. Uh, no. But it, interestingly, he was, you know, they, they still played the back three and but just dropped him. But I didn't think he was necessary. I mean, maybe early doors against Canada, but I thought he was all right in the second half. Mm-hmm. So uh, what are we going for there? Croatia, Morocco to go through? I mean, oh, I hope, so. Hopefully. Belgium would probably have to really click into gear and batter uh, Croatia. It's still in their hands. If they beat Croatia, they're through. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, you, you could see happening. Yeah, it's not like, it's always dangerous. So, like on a podcast, in, uh, you know, you're talking Premier League, you, you can make an assumption through pretty solid lo- logic. But in this World Cup, you can say something like, you know, we thought Argentina would, you know, we were saying can't see beyond Argentina in terms of seems to be a team with actually ability and that spirit that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get a couple of days after that podcast went out, Saudi Arabia beat them. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say Argentina and like Portugal are one of those teams that don't mind starting slow because they know how to grind it through the groups and then bit of tournament craft. Yeah, they know they know what they're doing. It's you know they'll pop up later on. So even though they got beat as soon as I saw Poland drawing against Mexico, I thought yeah Argentina will still get through this. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll beat Mexico. This Mexico team's not that good. But the interesting thing, moving on to. Uh, Martinez versus Cash is Poland versus Argentina. Yep. I don't know. I'm still this Poland team's always they they're just they're, they're just too conservative. But I think here, I think they will try to desperately grind out a draw against Argentina. It's dangerous. Is it though? Because if they're trying to go and beat Argentina and leave themselves open, then they're more liable to lose. But all, oh, I think Argentina will win that. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is like, but I think that's work. how they'll play it. They'll try to grant. They'll go for that draw because they know if they get a draw. Then even if Saudi Arabia beat Mexico, then Argentina will be the casualty in that scenario. So it's almost like the World Cup of making fools of people's hot takes because like the first round came out and then everybody had their take in the first round and the second round almost like reverted the type. Everybody yeah. just went back back to normal. So you're back to square one again. But uh, I hope Poland go through. But they're going to have to get something from Argentina. If Matt Cash is going into the next round, that's what will happen because I think Saudi Arabia will be so fired up. I can't see this Mexican team suddenly clicking into gear. I think they, uh, although if they do, they could potentially, uh, they'll need a Poland win and then even they could qualify. But uh, I think Martinez is probably the favourite out of him and the Polish Villa boys to uh, get through. Yeah, I think so. I think Argentina will get the job done. I want a I want a draw in that just to uh, make Keep it agonising. Make it agonising <laughs> for Argentina. <laughs> Poland three 0 That's that would be too clean a blow. Needs to be one one and then Saudi Arabia winning. Talking of flipping uh, scenarios on its head, you can't get a better example than in England's group of what happened to Iran against England. No decimated 6-2 people uh, almost laughing at them and then uh, they beat a Welsh team who were like a, a Primark version of what Belgium had been doing they were, they were terrible the Welsh team yeah. against Iran it was like a, not even championship standard I think bizarre I, I am I think I will be watching Iran versus America both of those games are on at the same time, so obviously you've got to effectively pick one or obviously play them on two screens. But I think I might watch the Iran-America game because there's more at stake, I think, there. What do you think? 
You'd think so. I mean, I think England would have to lose pretty heavily to fuck up at this point. When is it like a three or a four goal swing? Or yeah, yeah I think it's four. It's not happening. It's more likely to be nil nil than it is to be four nil the wheels. Yeah, I think uh, the expectation is England are going to win win that two or three nil based on uh, the game so far. But you know, I think it'll be tight. Cage Wales will rage that England, the game. Won't England they? will just do enough to get through. They'll win one or two nil. If they concede, they'll get it over the line. Like last time we played, it it is a bit of a it does have that derby kind of leveler. Because on paper, you look down that Welsh side, and basically none of their players would get in our side. In fact, none of their squad would even get anywhere near our squad, really. Well, Iran America is 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 kind of well matched. Yeah, and probably two sides that will. They're all in, all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's almost like it's another derby game, essentially. It It could be a really feisty one. That hundred percent effort, I think, from both both teams. Mm -hmm. You got that little kind of political edge as well. Yeah, I think that would be nil nil. (laughs) (laughs) Because Iran, they might just shit house it for the draw. If they get a draw, they're through pretty much. Maybe. Some of these countries, they do have that shit-ass temperament where they'll they'll rather do that than just try to wink, you know, outright. But then you are seeing a few of the usual faces, your France's, Germany's, Spain's, just being annoyingly effective and getting yeah. the job done. Well, I thought I thought Spain were invincible until Germany sort of had a go at them in the last ten minutes, and Germany should have won that game. So why? That's why the... did you think they were invincible? I, I, they, they're still a young team in transition. I... They've got some great players. I think Spain with the ball are going to take it to anyone. Spain without the ball defensively, I think if you have a right good go at them, they're there to be got at. Yeah, I thought uh, if I was betting on that, I, th- I would I would have probably put that down as a draw, just because you know Germany were fighting for their lives to stay in the tournament essentially how do you think that's going to go I can't see Japan getting anything off Spain no not well, unless I think if Spain had beaten Germany then it would have played out differently I think Japan yeah. because I think Spain would obviously make changes I think the fact that Spain will want yeah. to be first place and get the you know the, the in, in theory the favourable draw depending on how the other games pan out and they say how the draw develops Spain will win that and I think Germany will beat Costa Rica comfortably to be honest because going, going to the uh, the French group Group D uh Australia flipped that one on its head. They did. And I don't know, are Denmark ruthless enough to dispose of Australia? I don't know. You'd think, they, you'd think they should win that game, but I don't know. You could see it maybe being a draw or something. Yeah, well, that's the good thing for an Australia point of view, is that it's a contest in that respect is a draw does them uh, pretty much puts them through to the next round. Yeah, which is uh, they'd they'd probably well at one hundred percent take it if you could offer the offer them that before the tournament that you just need a draw against Denmark to go through. Thing about mm-hmm. France is uh, whatever people are saying about England, how how far do you think England will go? How far do you think their destiny is to play France in the quarterfinals if they win the group? Let's see they play. Yeah, and then if Mbappe gets the ball against Harry Maguire, well, <laughs> he'll get snapped in half, <laughs> won't he? <laughs> what Harry Maguire? <laughs> That's uh, it's a, it's really not a question about oh where do you think England are going to go. It's like can they beat France? It's going to be a head to head. When they played Italy, they should be beating Italy, but they didn't in that final. France is another level, I think. France is your elite, elite, probably the best team in Europe, aren't they? Well, they're the current world champions. So. Yeah, best. yeah. To be missing five starters probably from their first eleven and still be that good. Yeah, Dangerous. and you know England will probably take heart from that, but. Uh, They've still got uh, a small matter of uh, Group A, and England will be up against uh, Senegal. Tricky one. Tricky one, and it, you know, it could go into extra time. But what I will say, 
if England can't beat Senegal, then they've got no right to be talking about yeah. <laughs> trying to win this thing. And yeah. then once you get to the quarterfinals, I, the way the draw is looking already, how it could go, I think it's just going to be stacked with heavy hitters. I don't see the tournament going the way the Euros did and the World Cup in um, Russia did. We had a few heavy hitters got knocked out in the draw. And then suddenly the draw opens up. You kind of go, wow, England have got a really good route here to the semis. I don't see it in this one. In terms of which side of the draw could you be in? England are in the best half. Problem is you've got France in the quarterfinals, which is, uh, you know, that's like the, probably the hardest team, isn't it? I'd rather take on Brazil than uh, than France. We shall see what happens. The main Villa interest is in Group C. But uh, let's get back to Villa, shall we? Let's. What well, do you think Emery will be uh, heading to Stevenage this week to uh, to do a bit of FA Cup research? Well, I've seen Stevenage put out a, a tweet going, um, good evenage or good Stevenage. Oh, like no, they're trying to be, be funny. Oh, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> just, just give them a good spanking for that alone. Speaking of Emery, David, what's an Emery's clipboard this week? Well, I'm glad you asked. All right, it's time for Emery's clipboard. Anybody who is new to the show, it's uh, maybe you remember if you were a former listener uh, and you've come back to us for some reason. You may remember the Scott Hogan touch count. Well, we, that's replaced because obviously he uh, disappeared off to the blues. I would have carried it on, but... Uh, People don't like blues things on a Villa podcast, understandably. But uh, now we have the Emery's clipboard where we uh, dive into the wonderful world of statistics and all the very various new incarnations of stat metrics. We've had some corkers over the last three weeks. We're going to go a bit more straightforward. Uh, we're going to go for expected goals against this week. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. That's how many goals you've expected to concede. But uh, this is across the season so far. So uh, I'm going to give you uh, top, and this is the team with the lowest uh, expected goals against, is Arsenal with 11.77. Right. Now, this is the big surprise. It's not Bournemouth at the bottom. This is the first statistical Emery's clipboard where Bournemouth haven't been at the bottom of whatever stat we're talking about. Now, with the dubious pleasure... Bottom of the expected goals against league is Fulham with 32.73. So uh, who's going first? Because you know what the question is. Won last week. Who did win last week? Was it Phil? Yes, I think I won with zero. zero. Yeah, he won with zero. So who's going to uh, guess first uh, Aston Villa's expected goals against? Yeah, let Chris go first. What what was Fulham's again? 32.73. I'm going to go 26 Ooh, no points. Point two one. Hmm. Phil Shaw. Twenty four point four. Right, entering the second round. Uh, same as last week, actually. I'm going to let you uh, ask for a uh, another team in the Premier League's uh, expected goals against so far this season. Tally. Okay, I'm going to go with Crystal Palace, please. Oh, he reckons that Palace have a similar expected goals against than Villa. So, Palace have 21.46. So, how's that going to factor in your second guess? 22.11. Phil Shaw, do you want the uh, the data on one of the other Premier League teams? Oh, go on then, give us uh, Leicester. Leicester is 22.06. Right, I'll go 19.2. Two. Right, uh, final clue as we go into the final round. Uh, Aston Villa are 12th in the uh, expected goals against table. Which would figure as we're 12th in the table. The 12th highest conceding or expected to concede. 
Mm-hmm. Chris Burke. Uh, 22.06. Mm. 22.06. Mr. Shaw, final offering. I'm just going to go around 20. Mm. I've got my glamorous assistant tallying up scores. <laughs> well, the actual score is 21.98. So uh, I think Mr. Bud's got that. That was pretty close yeah. there. Peppering it, peppering wow. it. 22.06 and 22.11. Double dose on the foghorn there. Phil did unearth the Leicester at 22.06 and then you went for 22.06 for Villa. Probably actually, even though some people may go, well, that's a bit of a foolish move. Actually, uh, they were the team below Villa in the uh, the league. So, uh, my, rec- my reckoning was at the start of the season, Leicester were leaking goals, weren't they? Yeah. So that was the method behind the ma- madness. Yep. I think there was just madness in my madness. Just for the record, how many goals have Villa conceded this season? That should have been one of the clues, but I didn't actually have the <laughs> uh, the figure to hand. Bound to be around 22, isn't it? Bang on 22. Ooh, it's a pity that wasn't the question. Mm. <laughs> or the clue. Though. It would have been a bit too easy for the clue, though. Right, so what's the scores on the doors uh, overall? Is it 2-2 now? I think, I think it's 2-2, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, intrigue. Right, before we go, let's have a quick reasons to be cheerful. Maybe make it World Cup uh, because not much has happened. Although uh, I suppose one reason to be cheerful is Villa play in, in uh, this week. Yeah, for those who really want to get their fix. I haven't seen too much of other clubs and what they're doing in terms of friendlies, but I'm sure it's going on. Yeah. The, the reason to be cheerful, I suppose, is the fact that now we know that they've obviously got the, the Cardiff game, a little bit of a break, go to Dubai, they're playing Chelsea, good opposition, Villarreal, good opposition. I'd like to think that come Boxing Day, Emery will have had the chance to really grill the team um, and have them ready to go in the second half of the season. I think, I, I'm hope, essentially, I'm hoping 2023 could be actually a really good second half to this season and start of the, the next season. Don't get too excited. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't tempt fate and all the above. Yeah, I'll just keep it simple. I'm, I'm glad Villa got a home ten in the FA Cup. Hurrah! Hurrah! It f- included on in our season tickets, finally. My reason to be cheerful is that 30-yard exocet from Mac- Matty Cash that's going to come in off the underside of the bar against Martinez to knock Argentina <laughs> out of the World Cup <laughs> is going to be a big reason to be cheerful. Goal of the World Cup. Until that happens, don't forget to follow My Old Man Said on Twitter, at My Old Man Said. And whatever social media, it's the same address. Don't forget to follow the show on whatever app you listen to. And uh, we will endeavour to, uh, now that Villa are up and running, to uh, get shows out at the beginning of the week as per usual. So, until we meet again, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.